Welcome to the Rural Pastor Podcast with your host, Pastor Andy Addis. You plant the seeds in the ground, though the fields have long been brown. But Lord, when will your harvest come in? You're giving all you've got to give in the place where you've been sent. But will this labor make much difference in the end? Will no one ever know? Sometimes you feel so all alone. Like the prophet Jeremiah, you may be the one to go to the dying and the broken with a message of hope. To that church on the corner of that forgotten little town With a room of empty peers where his love can still be found You may never know of all the seeds you sow But it just takes one willing soul to make it known Oh, once again, thank you so much to Chosen Road for that incredible theme music, and a good thank you to a great friend and a new star here at the Rural Bester Podcast. Uh, this is Danny Payne. Danny, how you doing, brother? I am good. I am good to be back with you again. Looking forward to our next our next segment. This is going to be good. Yeah, we're doing a three-segment piece, uh, and this is the right in the middle, number two, on establishing rhythms, moving really from just surviving in ministry to thriving. And last time what we did is... Uh, well, first of all, for people who didn't join us, uh, Danny is the Associational Mission Strategist, otherwise known in the Southern Baptist vernacular as the Dome, uh, Director of Area Missions for the Flint Hills Association in Kansas. And uh, describe once again your association. It's a mix and a It and is, size. Andy. We are, we're a bit of a hybrid between some of the other associations because we are probably about 60, 40 and the 60% are kind of in the Topeka, Lawrence area, and then the others would be very rural. And so we go all the way to Nebraska border, all the way down through Iola and west to Wamigo and east over by Eudora and that area. So we have a little bit of everything. You know what I love when you make a description like that is that almost nobody knows what you're talking about. But when you yeah. use those town names, you're like, yeah, that's middle of nowhere. It is. It <laughs> is. <laughs> well said. Well said. I, I love it. Uh, well, and I have the privilege of coming to you as a pastor in that in this Kansas community as well. Uh, I run a rural multi-site called Crosspoint Church and then have the privilege of being also the Director of Rural for the North American Mission Board, and that's why we're doing this podcast. The Rural Pastor Podcast wants to pour into, partner with, pat on the back, the Rural Pastor, because what you're doing is important. And what we're doing over these three sessions is talking about establishing healthy rhythms, biblical rhythms. And we talked in the first podcast about how we can recognize the terrain. And if we're really honest, most of us, even if we think we're good, we're not practicing truly healthy things, and and we're on a trajectory for some disappointment and some hurt. And so it wouldn't be good just to check and make sure that we're we're doing things in a biblical way. So we know we're going to talk about the Sabbath, and I want to make sure, because it's not till next week that we get to the four applications of this. Uh, so hang on. But it is not going to be, I know that's a big disappointment. What you really need to grow, great message on grow, read your Bible and pray. <laughs> It's actually really good advice, and the reason that we keep yes. saying it is people aren't doing it. But but there's actually something at the end of this rainbow. It's not going to be take a Sabbath day. 
that is part of the process. But it's much bigger than that. It's it's actually a rhythm. But let's talk about Sabbath days. Uh, we've all tried to do it. We've all tried to protect those days. What is a Sabbath day buster for you? And I'll tell you for me, a Sabbath day buster for me is I will start cleaning a small area and then hours later, I'm doing a deep dive into finishing the garage or whatever. It's like almost an addiction where I, I start with, I'm just going to organize this for a couple minutes, and then half the day is gone. I haven't rested. I haven't reflected. I, I went straight into chores and tasks. And I'd be the same way where we live. Um, part of our yard goes into a really beautiful forest area, and it has severely overgrown. Mm. And I've been trying to make it more presentable and just make it more natural part of our yard. We own a little bit into it, but it's really funny because I found myself like, like it's not a day's worth, it's years worth of work down there that I'm trying to accomplish on a Sunday afternoon, right. which is not bright. And I've, I'm like you, Andy, I, I'm like, oh, I'll just go down and do a little cleaning. And then I'm down there for six hours. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we've ruined that, that carved out piece that was supposed to be for rest and reflection and all of that. I think we all have that. And some of us are even worse. We even plan it. We go, well, tomorrow's my Sabbath day. So I'm going to do these nine things. <laughs> yes. Uh, and, and we need to, we need to get beyond that. So let's talk a little bit about this. As we roll into a discussion on the Sabbath, I want to do what I'm calling just a mini systematic theology on the Sabbath. We're going to look at two Old Testament passages and one new, and uh, I've got a statement for each of them, and that makes three, which makes me a good Baptist pastor, doesn't it? Three Amen. points. There you go. Uh, so here's the first. A biblical rhythm is about rest. I mean, you can slice it any way that you want, and we're going to get to that. Well, is it a... I get this from pastors all the time. I've been presenting this material. Is it a Sabbath if I blank, blank, blank? And it takes me back to my youth pastoring days. Is it wrong if we just hold hands? <laughs> I mean, can I kiss her on the cheek? And we're seeing just how far we can go. And pastors do the same thing. On my Sabbath, a Sabbath, when we get to the end of this, you're going to find that it's not the same for everybody, but it, it points us in the same direction. So let's begin at the beginning. A, a, a biblical rhythm is about rest. In Genesis chapter 2, thus the heavens and the earth were finished and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it, God rested from all the work that he had done in creation. Now, I don't know if uh, you you are hearing that, but um, he the word rest is in those two verses twice, that God rested. So I'm going to ask a deep theological question. I'm just really going to probe the depths of your uh, abilities, Danny, here. Do you think God was tired? No. <laughs> he was not, right? He was not. <laughs> so what, what's the deal with God resting then? You know, I, I think it's important that he is modeling something that he thinks important, that mm. he did a lot of stuff, with stuff that I can't get my head wrapped around in the creation of everything. And I think he was modeling for us that there is a, a point of pausing and celebrating mm. what we do right. and what we're a part of. And I, so I think that's part of why we rest a little bit is to catch our breath, to see what God is up to. Uh, Henry Blackaby's old thing was, wherever God is active, you want to join him there. I love that, yeah. And I think that when you're not, don't have a rhythm of rest, you don't hear those as well. And I, so he's saying, look, rest is good. And it's pretty consistent through the scriptures. Yeah, all very consistent. We'll, we'll come to a little bit of that. I think one of the reasons we struggle with rest, first of all, we're not God, right? So right. We, we, he's modeling for us out of perfection, and we're not perfect. But it says that he finished all his work. And as a pastor, because we work with people, nothing is ever finished. 
It's true. Isn't that right? I mean, you, if you think you, mar- you you just did premarital counseling, and and on last Saturday, I married my son to that gal, uh, Haley, sweet gal, right? And um, the truth is, that's not finished. That just began. Their pastor now has to handle a young couple, <laughs> and and the process goes on because one of the reasons it's hard to rest as a human pastor is nothing we do is ever done, right? Have you ever finished a great ma- I mean, you finish, spike the ball on Sunday morning. You're like, that was the best message ever. They pat you on the back. You feel good. And then Sunday afternoon, you're going, I got to write another one for next week. It's just this cycle. I think that's the reason God said you have to have a rhythm because life doesn't stop. No. And I think it's so important for us to find that because it really, it, it protects your soul from um, it all being about you. Mm. Because it's so easy to become about you, and then God's like, you know, anything good that's happened, it's because of me. And I think that 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 rhythm of rest also is, and you may we may dance down this a little bit later. It's also for your church. Oh, so good. Because if your church doesn't see you resting, and uh, Andy, one of the things I have seen is that churches typically take on the pace of their pastor, <laughs> and, and God models for the pastor. Exactly. And then your obedience models for the congregation. You're the under-shepherd. Ab- absolutely. And they're, they're following his voice, but through yours a good chunk of the time. So if you're out of rhythm on that, and they're going at a pace that's not sustainable, like your, your story in our first segment, uh, there's an inroad to this. You get burnout on your volunteers. You get grouchy with people because you're always tired. And we just know what happens when we don't find a moments of... <sighs> oh. Absolutely. Uh, you know, uh, I think that the issue for the majority of pastors that I talk to is they would say, well, I don't need rest. But it's not that they don't need rest. It's that they don't realize they need rest. Humanity is plagued with a startling lack of self-awareness, right? Um, I, I was talking to, or actually listening to Tim Dowdy, the NAM evangelism president um, at a refresh retreat. And he was talking about the fact that at the end of triathlons, they have volunteers called catchers. And catchers are the guys that are there because the, the the ultra athletes who make it through the biking and through the running and through the the swimming, when they cross that finish line, they don't realize that they push their body so much that they that many of them just collapse. And the job for those guys is to just kind of jog backwards in front of these guys, just in front of the finish line, because a good chunk of them just wipe out. And that pastor after pastor, no, I'm fine, no, I'm fine, no, I'm fine, and then crisis. And that's why we have to establish the rhythm. Amen. Amen. And I will also say too, any having rhythm of, of rest is not a rhythm of laziness. Mm. And I think some guys are like, well, I got to always be doing something. No, you don't. Mm. Um, you got there's there's reasons to pause, and there's reason to because I think what we're telling God is like, keep up at my pace and speak to me at my pace. <laughs> Yeah, and, and and we get this language. I'm going to add to what you just said there because we go, well, uh, you know, I don't want to get ahead of God. What makes you think <laughs> that you have what it takes to get ahead of God? <laughs> uh, oh, that's or, or, so true. I don't want to miss what God's doing. He's a heavenly father. When your kids were toddlers, they couldn't keep up with you. You walked with them. And, and so we don't need to worry about that. He told us to rest. I think uh, I think back to high school football. And, um, and the first day, well, I played football for a few years and then went to high school and they made me lift weights. And, uh, I lifted, I mean, just to impress the other guys. I mean, I was a big guy coming in, but the big guy coming in at the low end, now I'm one of the small guys. And so, um, squats, 
chest, French curls. Every, I mean, we just laid it out so much so that one of the seniors smacked me on the shoulder, said, great job, Addison. Never felt so good in my entire life. And, and I, with no joke, I reached up to my locker that day to open it up, and I realized my arm wasn't responding. It was just hanging at my side. I had so wiped them out that I literally could not move. And and I made it out to the car, and back in high school, I drove a vet. It was a shovet, but I drove a vet. <laughs> And, uh, and it's rack and pinion steering standard. Yes. I could barely, I, I was going like 10 miles an hour home in first gear. <laughs> I pulled off, I leaned over and pulled off. And again, this is the second episode I'm going to admit I've done that. I bawled like a baby, but not because I hurt, not even because I was tired. I remembered what the coach said before I left. He goes, good job, Addis. See you tomorrow. <laughs> And, and, and that is the way so many of us feel because there's just this never-ending cycle of people in need and sermons that need to be written and programs that need to be done and discipled. And if we don't obey the, the rhythm of rest, if we don't understand that biblical rhythm is rest, l- let me make this the transition statement to the second point. The word for rest in, the, in this passage, Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, it's there twice. It's pronounced Sibboth where we get the word Sabbath. It's actually a day of rest. And God said he modeled that for us and gave it to us. So that leads us to the second place. A biblical rhythm of rest is required. It's not just that biblical rhythm is rest. Now we move to required. Exodus chapter 20. We go to the great big list, right, of the God's top 10. Don't do this. Remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but on the seventh day, a Sabbath to the Lord your God... On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant, your female servant, or your livestock, or the sojourner who's with you in your gates. That's a weird list, but I think God's just trying to say comprehensively uh, rest. For in six days the Lord made the heaven and the earth and the sea and all that is in them and rested on the seventh. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. A couple of observations, then I'd like your thoughts. First of all, out of all the Ten Commandments... This is given more word and sentence space than any of the others. There's more real estate for the Sabbath day than any of the others. Second, it establishes a pattern. He says he worked six and then he took a seventh. And we know that it's just a pattern because in the New Testament, what they moved the Sabbath, the Lord's day moved from Saturday to Sunday. It wasn't about uh, being on a Saturday. It was about the fact that there was, and I know we've got, you're, there's some legalists out there, don't send me a letter. I'm just going to disagree with you that you say, well, no, it's still the Sabbath day. It's just the Lord. God's not being legalistic about this. And we'll talk about that in the very third point. But literally this word for rest, one of the, one of the lexicon definitions uh, is that it is an intermission. It, it is that space in between. And finally, I love this. When it says he blessed it, he blessed that day. We all know Barak in the in the Hebrew, and it means to be have favor or to be happy. There is this nuance that they say ties to it right here. The word blessed means to fill with strength. And in this context, God says, you. it's not that you're being lazy. He says, you work hard for six days, but I want you to take a day. This is the rhythm that's built into you. You work hard, but on that day, let me fill you again with strength. And that's the promise of a Sabbath day, that if we keep that rhythm, that because God blesses it, you can be filled with strength. Have you experienced that? Or as you deal with pastors, you think that's a reality? Both, Andy. I think it's. I think when you think about having that rhythm of rest from me personally, um, I'm just better 
in everything. Mm. Um, in my relationship with my wife Beth and my daughter Italia, if that rhythm of rest rest is important because uh, I need to refresh. Mm. I need to slow down a little bit. Um, I need to survey the landscape. Um, but when I, when I see guys, I think one of the, I'm doing this for a while, like you. The dark side of being in the world of a pastor is that um, there is a value to being needed mm. by your church. Right. Good and the bad and the ugly. To take off the the uniform and have the giant red letter P like Superman. And so things. that yeah. rest becomes elusive because you hate saying no oh. and you want to be there for them. And like, I mean, like vacation, you know, you're like, oh, I'll take that. Uh, no, no, I mean, let somebody, you know, it, and I think that's important for, for me and for the leaders to, to find a rhythm of rest because hearing from God um, in the speed of life is difficult. One thousand percent, and uh, you know, you've been—I don't know how long. If you would admit this, I, I've been in ministry thirty-one years. I'm that, on my thirty-second. So we're in the same boat. To co- collectively, yep. we have a sixty-year-old about ready to retire. <laughs> right? We we, we we got a guy who's been in ministry that long, and what we can—if <laughs> there were a video, you would really enjoy what Danny just did. But um, what what we can say after these years is simply this: that a continual cycle of non-rest is not more productive. As a matter of fact, it is counterproductive. I believe this. I I was saved in an independent, fundamental, KJV-only kind of church. And they used to talk about the tithe. And they would say, you can live on 90% blessed or 100% cursed. Right? I don't know that that's good theology, but I'm like, oh, makes sense. Give God his 10%, the rest of it's good. I kind of see this as if you say, I'm going to work seven days a week because the work's so important. That's the law of diminishing spiritual returns. God Mm -hmm. says, no, you want me to bless this? I said, you work six days and rest on the seventh. How beautiful would it be that that you can actually get more done in an obedient six days of work than in seven days of strife and, and, and difficulty? I think that's what the Lord's saying to us here. That's the reason he gives us the model. I agree. Uh, Dallas Willard said um, years ago, he said that um, that hurry is the great enemy of our spiritual life. Oh, I forgot that. That's a great quote. And yeah. just I think about that in our lives because when you're working seven days a week, you're 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 in a hurry because you're checking off all the things you got to get done, and and that stuff comes home with you, and you're not in the moment with your spouse or your children, or more importantly with God, mm. because you're always like. Like I would wonder for us is like how many times have we woken up at night and not gone back to sleep because the mental checklist has clicked on of all the things we haven't done or we still need to do, and we don't get that rest. And it and it's it, like you talked about, um, it's cumulative, mm. and then all of a sudden um, you're struggling. Yep, you're struggling. Mm-hmm. And in that, it goes back. You mentioned it just a minute ago, but it goes back to what we talked about when we were recognizing the terrain. When you feel like you have to work seven days a week, it's no longer about you trusting the Lord. It's all about, I got to do this for the Lord. And your, your intention may be right. I want to do this for the Lord. But you're saying, but I've got to do it. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and it's on me. Here's the issue. People would say, well, you know, there's a lot of big sins. Not resting is really not a biggie. It's, 
It's on the top 10 list. Yeah, I was going to say, it's one of his commands, so it's and, not a suggestion. It, 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 and he said he made it holy. God holied it. Here's the issue. He, issue. He's either Lord of all or he's not Lord at all. And we have to decide it, whether you think this is a biggie thing for you or not. God put it on that top 10 list. I, I would just say that our problem is not uh, that our God is not great. Our problem that it is that our sin is too small in our eyes. And not resting, not being obedient to a Sabbath day is a sin issue for us. And we have to make make sure we see it as that. So completely agree. Two points so far. A biblical rhythm of rest is uh, a biblical rhythm is rest. It's about rest. Second, a biblical rhythm of rest is required. And then finally, here's our our third element of our systematic theology of rest. A biblical rhythm of required rest is for you. Now, this is really significant because Jesus, now let's move to the New Testament. In Mark chapter 2, 27 and 28, his disciples are being accused by the legalists. They grab some grain heads, chewed it like some you know wheat gum, and they say, oh, you're harvesting. First of all, don't you just want to smack people like that? Can we just be honest? You Amen. just want to smack people. Yes. <laughs> That's a sin issue on my part, and I understand that. But I'm with you. We'll, send, we'll, we'll, we'll repent later. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. But Jesus says, and he said to them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. And, and we like that verse, but let's put it in context. Jesus tells this weird Old Testament story before it. He tells, tells a story about David and his men eating the showbread out of the temple. And you're like, what did that have to do with anything? Well, to those Pharisees, eating the showbread that belonged to the priests was wrong. But Jesus was proving through the Old Testament story that even though that was the religion, God was more in, interested in those men than he was the religious ceremony. And he was saying that your views of the Sabbath are all about religion and law and tying up heavy weights. He goes, nope, the Sabbath was actually a law that God made for you because he knew you needed it. And that changes everything, doesn't it? If the Sabbath isn't about, it's not about sitting quiet and praying. And uh, and first of all, if you're a pastor, your Sabbath day can't be Sunday. Amen. I mean, I know some of you go, no, I get validated. I love it. I'm so encouraged. Eh, I think we say that stuff to ourselves. Are you be are you able to sit still, to revere, to rejuvenate and and, and be in the presence of your God and 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 do exactly what Jesus said here? Is this for you? I would argue that for at least ninety nine point nine percent of pastors, Sunday is not going to be your Sabbath day. And I would say, I when I was pastoring, Andy, I struggled with that because I thought I got to try to have a Sabbath on a Sunday when <laughs> I've got all this going on. As you know, it's like, and God just really revealed to me that this is not your Sabbath day for you personally. And I had to kind of recalibrate myself to like it's going to be on Saturday or it's going to be on Friday. Um, but I had to really learn to redo that because I was always taught that you know Sunday's the day. Yep. And when you're in ministry, how do you do that? You, you try extra hard <laughs> extra to relax. Extra hard. <laughs> you're gonna like it. <laughs> it's like for it to be your Sabbath day, you need to get up at three a.m. so that you have some quiet time. Yeah. No. Um, it's it's just crazy. If Jesus is correct, hint, Jesus is correct. Uh, the, if Jesus is correct, he says the Sabbath was for you. And so earlier we hinted at this, uh, like for me, I take a Sabbath day tw- two days a week because we pr- our services are Saturday and Sunday. You say, you get two Sabbaths. I don't. I take Friday and Monday and Friday. And the hope is that I actually get one of them. 
right? If something interrupts Monday, then I go ahead and take Friday. But if I get to have a Sabbath day on Monday, then I get to work on Friday, which is which is great. But I'll take one of those days, uh, and, and you have to protect it. I don't want to get ahead to what we're going to do with the four areas next week. But for me on a Sabbath day, I don't know if it's the same as you. My wife on a Sabbath day is going to work on furniture. She loves redoing furniture, and she's going to be with an apron tied around her, not in the kitchen, but in the garage varnishing things. That is the last thing I want. That does not rejuvenate me at all. I'm going to be sitting on the front porch, reading a Kindle, and on my third pot of coffee by noon. You know what I mean? We're going to have some great time with the Lord uh, devotionally, and then we're going to relax, and we're going to have a great afternoon, probably go out to eat. By the time I get done with the Sabbath day, here's the rhythm. I'm so looking forward to the next one that I can do the next six days. So on a Sabbath day for you, if you were really going to just design it, what does a Sabbath day for Danny Payne look like? You know, I like, I'm a little bit like Kathy. I enjoy woodworking. And mm. so being out in the garage, uh, creatively thinking, and it, it's really funny because even in those moments, um, I'm praying about stuff. It's more organic. It's not forced. I've done, I've read God's word that earlier, mm-hmm. and I just enjoy that. I'm not at a frantic pace. I'm doing everything at my pace, and but it's not, uh, it's not the whole day, right. and I'm doing it for a season. Then I might, I might, are, are we going to go out to eat or? Mm. Um, and so I like that kind of stuff, and and there's an extra awareness of the Lord. You're, you're slowing down and communing with Him all day long, and I, I find that. That rhythm that you're talking about is, I mean, I mean, we all know this, but it's a bit like breathing. Mm-hmm. It's just natural, and I think when you think about that rhythm, um, it's very natural. Um, I, I'm going to take a second. I, I have a heart arrhythmia issue, mm. and so every now and then my heart will get out of rhythm, and when it does, my heart can go to a sustained heart rate and just stay there, and I can be sitting, and it'll go to 160 beats a minute. Oh my goodness, and and they don't. There's reasons why it happens, but it, it can happen out of the blue. And I think about um, we all have seasons of busyness, but man, when you're when you're out of rhythm, you you're, you can't do anything no. effectively. Mm, that is so good. And it was when I when my heart was out of rhythm, I have to just sit. Mm-hmm. I was forced to sit, and I have to wait for it to come back down to normal rhythm. When you're out of rhythm, it takes you out of the game. Uh, completely. Yeah. Completely. I I just have to sit. I don't get to do a thing. And I have to wait for it to get back in rhythm. And and here's the crazy thing, Andy. Sometimes it's not minutes. It can be hours. Oh, goodness. And it hasn't happened in a while because I've had some things to help remedy that. But when I think about ministry, when you get out of rhythm and you stay out of rhythm for a long time, um, it will force you to hit a pause button. Amen. And then the pause button could have... It will sideline you. It could, absolutely. Absolutely. And and you, you think, well, I've been doing this for a long time. All I'm saying is God's word does not return void, is what he said. So you may think you're escaping it, but you're not. No. It's coming, right? It is. And just be thankful for the grace you've received so far. Yep. Um, this is for you. Some people would argue, go, no, woodworking and reading books. No, the Sabbath day, it's about the Lord. Yes. It and is. he said, he said, it's for you. <laughs> I mean, we're just listening and trying to be obedient to Jesus. Here's what I would say to all those hardworking pastors who have legalistic views of that seventh day, and you never take a rest because you're... Don't be such a faithful servant that you're a disobedient disciple, right? Amen. When you get to heaven, you want Jesus to say, well done, my good and faithful servant, not Martha, Martha. <laughs> 
You know what I mean? You, you want him to look at you and go, you were obedient and you let me work through you and not, why are you so busy with these things that have not been required of you? Sit at my feet and let me take care of these things. Truth. So, so we've got, we've got, that's our mini system. Can we get any seminary credit for this, you think? I would like some. I'd like maybe two more masters. I'd be honored about that. that. That'd be great. Uh, but as we look through these three things, let me just summarize one more time because we're going to move to application on the next week. But a biblical rhythm is about rest. Genesis teaches us that. But then it becomes a command in Exodus 20, and a biblical rhythm of rest is required. And then finally, Jesus interprets it for us, saying a biblical rhythm of required rest is for you. That pattern we are going to take, and we're going to move it into four specific arenas. The book that uh, is going to be linked in the, the, the content of this caption for the, the social media post and the show notes uh, is the development of this whole idea. Uh, if I could give one of these away to everybody, I would do it. But just unfortunately, I don't have that, those kind of resources. So we'll have some digital resources. We have uh, the print versions available I want every pastor in the world, every minister in the world to find healthy rhythms. Next week, we're going to put all this together and it will culminate in four specific arenas, uh, annual, regular, weekly, and even daily. They're going to help us find some rhythms that will move us from surviving to thriving. So Danny, thank you so much for joining us once again. Thank you again for allowing me. I'm excited to continue this journey with you. And we're going to do it. So we'll see you next week, and that'll be a great process as we finish. Remember, Jesus said that the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. There are good things in store for you, my friend. I hope that you'll be in prayer that we can apply some of these and make a difference in our lives. Many blessings to you. We'll see you again soon on another edition of the Rural Pastor Podcast. Like the prophet Jeremiah You may be the one to go to the dying and the broken with a message of hope to that church on the corner of that forgotten little town with a room of empty peers where his love can still be found. You may never know of all the seeds you it just takes one willing soul to make it Thank you for joining us on the Rural Pastor Podcast. Special thanks to Chosen Road for our incredible theme music and to 180 Digital for their corporate sponsorship and making all the technical things possible. Rural Church Leader, we want to remind you that your work is important, that you are important, and that you are not alone. See you again soon for another edition of the Rural Pastor Podcast.